Welcome to Curious Ear. Two stories for you today. Break a nail and Leppin for Macchiungo. If you want to get in touch with the programme, the address by email is curiousear at rte.ie. Curiousear is all one word. Or you can write to Ronan Kelly, RTE Radio 1, Dublin 4. We're in a field in Rathconrath, County Westmeath, just outside Mullingar. Now, do you hear that? To most of you, that's just the sound of a bulldozer. But to the initiated like me, that's a caterpillar D4E. How do I know? Because Camilla Duncan told me. It's her bulldozer. How are you doing? Can I get up? Can I come in? You can, of course. How are you? Grace, nice to see you. How are you? Sheenie, Mac, it's been bad all day, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's absolutely lovely up to a few minutes ago. I know. I was inside Mullingar and it's... uh... So I was racing to try and get something done before you came because I'd only moved in here. Oh, God, it was nearly half one. And I said, oh, you'll be here before I get started. All right. Believe it or not, Camilla says the secret of a good bulldozer driver is delicacy of touch. You just use the right amount of power. You raise and lower your blade just enough. You don't, well, you don't bulldoze your way through a field. You're watching, you're watching your blades now to make sure it doesn't yeah, go on yeah, too low. Yeah, you're dead right, you're dead right. That's exactly what I'm doing. Today Camilla's job is to make one large field from three smaller fields and she does this by clearing away hedges and filling in ditches. I still haven't hit the ground and now that is a knack in itself. This she has to do without damaging the grass on either side of the hedges because it has to be cut for silage in a few weeks' time. See, if you're, if you're not a good judge of your blade, you'll dig into the field and you'll do harm. So tell me what the, all the levers are doing here now. Um, that's a slewing lever and, and that's your slewing brake. That's what that side, if you want to go around that way. So you, you stop the caterpillar track on that side and yeah. then the left one keeps going. This one, yeah. And right. then you stop the left yeah. one and the right one keeps going. Exactly. Okay. So isn't it simple enough? It's fairly simple. By the way, I took a picture of Camilla. So if you go to rte.ie and to the webpage of this programme, Curious Here, you can see Camilla and her bulldozer. As you can probably make out from the picture, the cab of the bulldozer is quite rudimentary. No radio, for example, which Camilla says makes the job quite lonely. Her own concession to comfort is a floral print cushion on the driver's seat. Do you get people not wanting you to do work when they realise that it's you that's driving the bulldozer? Oh, at the, it's the opposite now. I have, I have customers that I did work for last year, and they're waiting for me to go back to do more work this year. You know, this, You're not going to be sexist about women drivers now, are you, and say that they're better than men, are you? I sure am. You're not. <laughs> I'll give you the telephone number of people I work for and did bulldozing for and they wouldn't let a man in round the place with a bulldozer. Are women more careful, is that it? I think they're a bit more per- perfectionist, you know. Despite her obvious enthusiasm for the job, Camilla didn't grow up wanting to be a bulldozer driver. She wanted to work in hotel management. It was her husband, Des, who drove the bulldozer until he had a serious accident that put him in hospital and out of action for two years. 
the doctor didn't have much hope for him at the time. Well, is he okay now? Oh, he's grand. Just have a look. He's over there. You can say hello to him. Oh, that's him he driving the... He drives a digger, yeah. <laughs> I drive the bulldozer and he drives a digger. <laughs> and did you, have, did you have children at the so, time? So, with one little lad, he was just over four, you know. Brendan is his name. And um, I said, what on earth am I going to do? I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I said, I'll go up to the hire purchase company and say, please take these two machines. I don't want them. So I went up, but they weren't interested because they were not in what they call arrears. But you had to still keep making payments on so them, did they you? To- oh, yeah. They told me to um, get a driver. And this is how it all happened. So I came home and I said, get a driver. And I know nothing about this blinking thing. So next thing, I got a driver. And he was way out in the field and he was pushing rocks up to a hedge. And he was leaving all the rocks full of clay. And the little lad, I bought him a little spade. He was four at the time. <laughs> and I got a spade, bought a spade for myself. And I used to go around the rocks and taking out all the clay. And I was afraid to say anything to the driver. What's the importance of taking out the clay? Oh, he was pushing the rocks up all dirty. And why should they be clean? Would the rain not wash off the clay? Oh, no, no. He had clay all wrapped around them. And, of course, the farmer needs I mean, the topsoil. Do you see the bushes them? I'm pushing now? You see, there's no clay on them bushes. Oh, I see. Sure there's not. So that leaves the farm at the topsoil? Oh, yeah, you've got to leave the topsoil in the field. All right. So anyway, you saw this fellow and he wasn't doing such a good job. So I went over to him. I spent about a week taking the clay off these rocks and dragging it back out in the field myself. And I got tired of it. So um, I just went over to him and I said, would you be so good? I said, I know nothing about the bulldozer, but I think if I was doing that, I'd do it cleaner. No problem. He said, no problem, ma'am. I never forget that when he says ma'am, because I was used to being called ma'am. So off he went anyhow, and I continued at my rocks. So next thing, he came back over to me a couple of moments later, and he tipped me on the shoulder. Now, there's your keys. You can drive away, he said. Oh, I says, never. And I nearly died. I said, are you going? Bye-bye. And he walked off. He wasn't going to take any instructions from you? Oh, no, he wouldn't take instructions. He probably said she knows nothing, you know. <laughs> so off he went anyhow. And the little lad says, Mummy, me and you drive the dodo. You and I drive. <laughs> and you know the way children love to go on machines, you mm-hmm. know. And it's a big cat D6 bulldozer. And I said, OK, should we go and drive the dodo? You see? Now, the farmer I was working for was away working himself. So I knew he wouldn't see me. <laughs> It <laughs> sounds ridiculous. That was a joke. I can understand exactly. <laughs> but you know, if I told the farmer would see me, I <laughs> wouldn't have gone on it. But I knew he wouldn't be home till half six or seven, you know. So I, this was only three or four in the afternoon. So I got up in it and gosh, the little lad had a great time in the door. <laughs> he sat up at the back. So you turned the key in it? I, t- I turned the key. Did oh, you know yeah. how to start it? Oh, I knew how to start it. I'd sat in it. I would have sat there, you know. Besides I your would, husband? Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have known how to drive it. But what I did that day, I pushed rocks and as I pushed them, the clay would fall off them. You see? And did you get lessons on how to steer it or no, drive it? No, I learned a few things from the book. McCormick McNaughton had given me a book with the machine, you see. And the manual? The manual. So I used to bring the manual. I used to read the manual. Don't tell me you brought it to bed, would you? Know I would, I would. I'd sit hours reading that manual in bed at night, yeah. That's very Who needs Mills so, and Boo when you have Cormac McNaughton <laughs> manual? <laughs> I 
I had no one else to give me company. My husband was in hospital. Oh, dear. And was he so, aware now at this stage? Oh, no, still? I didn't. God, if he knew I was driving the bulldozer, he'd, go, he'd, he'd, he'd die in the bed. <laughs> oh, God, he would have been dead. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's quite difficult to even get a man to drive a bulldozer. Why is that? You, you need that extra bit of skill, do you know what I mean, in, in levelling and that. It's a judgment, a lot of judgment is needed, you know. A good eye. I suppose, a good eye, yeah. I mean, the fellas will say, oh, it's good enough, it's good enough, it'll do. Well, I won't say that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> when I leave it, one man says to me, oh, he said I didn't want it left like the parlour floor. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> No, I'm wondering about taking out the hedges. Yes. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Isn't it, in a way, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was listening to a thing on the radio this morning. They were they were talking about uh, how the hedges were corridors for animals and creatures yeah, and exactly. how it's good for yeah. the land. And I'm wondering about taking them out. Yeah, well, you see, it's really to accommodate all the big machinery nowadays. Yeah. You know, a silage man won't come in and cut a small square because he'll break his machine if he's to turn too short. And do you ever you think that you, like when you're taking out a hedge now, it's in July, would you ever see a nest falling away or? Oh, if I did, I would leave it. I would leave that. Would you? Oh yeah. But and if, if, we're mo- if we're mowing meadow, and we found that we, when you're mowing the meadow, you'll always find nests, mm. and we always leave them. We never disturb them. But when you're knocking oh, the no. hedge now, do you oh know? yeah. And if you yeah, well, in this this particular type of hedge. They won't grow. They'll grow more in that. You see the he- hedge over there? Them over type the of trees. trees. Yeah, they'll grow more in them trees Yeah, right. than in this type of hedge. Camilla and her family are farmers themselves, and she says even though they've quite a large farm, they still have to go out to work elsewhere. Not only does she do the bulldozing and the farming, but she also maintains properties she owns and is part of a plant hire business. But among all that, it's the bulldozing she loves talking about most. Do you let anybody else drive this at all? This bulldozer? Hmm. No. Do you not? No, this is my bulldozer. <laughs> well, if they if they drove it and broke some of my wipers, or it's very easy to do damage, you know. It's not quite true to say that she doesn't allow anyone else to drive her bulldozer. I have a little grandchild. She's five years of age, and she loves the bulldozer. And our little grandson, Patrick, and Patrick won't drive the bulldozer. He's professional on the digger. And little Lindsay, when she comes over, can we go on the bulldozer? <laughs> and as for the four-year-old son who encouraged Camilla to drive the bulldozer in the first place, he's Brendan. He's an adult now, and he drives his own bulldozer. Until lately, everything was going fine for Camilla as a female bulldozer driver. She enjoyed the job. She has customers who request her especially. They want a woman driving the bulldozer in their land. But then it became necessary for plant operators like Camilla to be tested for a licence to drive on building sites. Camilla's been driving for 30 years, so you'd think there'd be no problem when she rang the testing companies. This is what one man had to say to her. Do you know what he told me? He said to send him a photograph of me getting into the bulldozer, a photograph of me driving it, and of work I have done and I thought that was a joke I just laughed <laughs> and it, another crowd said to me um, oh it's too far to go for a gimmick he said we couldn't travel 60 miles for a gimmick I said there's no gimmick I need my ticket for the building sites 
Finally, Camilla did get a booking, not just for herself, but for her husband and her two sons. And they're all being tested on the same day next week. I don't understand why you pull the lever and push the brake at the same time. Why is oh, that? Oh, if you didn't, you'd burn out your brake. I arrived in a job in Terrell's Pass, and I'll never forget this. So um, I was unloading the bulldozer, you see, and um, the children were there. It was three little boys, and the dad was there directing me in, you see. And I saw them racing away. I said, oh, they're frightened. So next thing, I saw mother coming out, an apron on her, and her hands all full of flour. And the mother told me afterwards, they, they ran in and says, Quick, quick, Mammy, come, quick, quick. The bulldozer man is a woman. <laughs> I thought that was the best I ever heard. Bulldozer man is a woman. This is Curious Ear. You can contact us on curiousear at rte.ie or you can text us. The text number is 87 That's 87 Our next story brings us to the Royal County. <laughs> Welcome to a sporting hotspot in Kells County Mead. It's Sunday night and we're on the edge of town near the old railway station. They're out playing in the tennis club. Cars are leaving the car park after a game in the Gaelic grounds. Oh, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a great game. And back across the road again, a third sporting group in motley procession is coming down the street and going into the car park of the railway bar. Can you keep your eye out for Sheila? She's after walking home. Because we, we have to get made up. <laughs> well, this is the grand final of the Kells Book Clipping Festival, the first festival of its kind ever held in modern times. This is Sean Brown. Well, book clipping is an ancient art and dance, a rite for the luring and seduction of comely maidens. And we're going to show them what it's like to be lured. Do they want to be lured? Let me ask this maiden, Nikel. Do you want to be lured? Yes. <laughs> that didn't take you too long to answer, did it? <laughs> the maidens referred to are carrying a frame from which hang... Finn McCool's drawers that are going to be auctioned tonight. These are the original drawers that Finn wore when he was luring maidens. So there, it's a pair of... Kempen drawers. Oh, underwear made out of hemp. The yes. pair of shorts made out of hemp. Yes, correct. <laughs> They're after falling on top of me. You can, see he was a, you can see he was a big man. He was a big man. And he obviously didn't mind getting scratched either, did he? Jeez, they're awful uncomfortable. You haven't tried them on, have you? Not personally, no. <laughs> Find a man to fill those drawers. I'm sure you'll do that. Are you about to be lured as well? I've been lured several times right. in the past. Shameless, Hussie. You should... Comedy maidens will, in turn, vote uh, for whatever contestant they think. In the pub garden, Ray Ollahan is setting up the stage. The OK, you're at the back of the stage here. This is part of Kells Heritage Festival. So there's a sign there saying Kells Heritage Festival. But above the sign is a, um, an intimidating-looking structure. Yes, it's, it's a, kind of a, long... a phallic symbol of oh, right, some yeah. sort. Um, 
and uh, this is part of the uh, stage which represents this particular event. It's a fertility uh, symbol. It's a, fer- it's a fertility symbol. Modeled yeah. on anyone in particular um, in Kells? I can't really say, so um, I'll just leave that one alone. Oh, I um, think I should ask the women. <laughs> I think so, I think so. <laughs> but Kells yeah, hasn't been keeping any secrets from the rest of the country, has it? Uh, no, but I'll tell you, it's good. this particular event is going to put Kells on the map, especially for all the ladies who are looking for a, a book. Uh, they could certainly come to Kells and maybe they'd find exactly what they're looking for. But if they want one that'll sit still, what would they be coming to Kells for? Well, sure, maybe they don't. Maybe they're fed up with that. Thanks. <laughs> 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 are from four different watering holes from Kells, okay. yes. And you're Billy. I'm Billy. Back out to the pub car park and the book lepers are getting ready. Can you describe your outfit for me, Billy? Well, uh, it's very scanty. It's actually a frock that was worn by the Kells. There's very few people that have the legs to wear an outfit like that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to... Uh, not not even the women. <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, you're not one of them, Billy. No, no. <laughs> and then you have the, and then you've right. had some qualified that we've got here, do you know? Uh, well, you have Tiger. Yeah. You have... Sean, the MC, is getting a bit worried. Some of the book yeah. winners yeah. from yeah. Kells' other pubs are late. Tony Jerry, Jerry McGovern is here. Yeah, here oh, we have now. more chaps coming. Now we have. Now we have. Uh, yes. We have the, 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 the challengers now. Are you a challenger as well? Three, four. I am surely yes. Oh yeah, you're not looking too nervous. I'm from Ronan from RT. RT. How's Miles? But come here. Have you a particular technique we should be watching? out? It is running. Yeah. This live is it? No. It's not. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yes. Do you think anybody be listening to us talk live? Yeah. Well, come here. Representing the WW. That's the best way. The WW? Yeah. The, the, the internet? The West Way. No, it's, oh, a w, it's the West Way bar in, in Kells. I was going to say Trent. <laughs> <laughs> we, see, we, we, went, we went training out for the last week solid, right? Yes. Yeah. We've done four four or five miles a day. What? Walking? No, we don't. No, we don't. Throwing turf. Throwing turf. Four or five miles a day, throwing turf. Like that. And that was it. Yeah. Why do you throw turf? Um, see, it was, a no, it was an old noble art throwing turf. No. You hear your bullshit from bullshit now. <laughs> <laughs> You're a better man. Hi, I'm Ron from RT. How's it going? I'm Brian. Brian, how's it going? And John. John, and you're a challenger as well, are you? I am indeed, I am indeed. Oh yeah, and you yourself too, yeah. I believe the money is on you, you're apparently very good. Well, I had someone on the panel, so... Um... I came second to him and only because his girlfriend was the judge. Oh, I exactly. see. Yes, believe yeah. me, I was shown so much tie, there was no way I shouldn't have won that. Oh, I see. Now, uh, when we're going, I'll be comparing you right through the performance. And I'm looking for a really big performance for you. Um, we're expecting some of you guys to, um, uh, to make it right to the top, I think, this evening. Okay. Absolutely. So, you're up for it, are you? I'm only up for a quiet drink. from last time. Quiet drink, that's all I want. If he's looking for a quiet drink, the railway bar on Sunday night is the wrong spot. Finally, the books are ready. The musicians start the theme song for the evening and the book lepers are led by Sean the MC into the pub garden.
So, in the competition, each book leper had to perform two feats. Thank you very much. And could we now have book number four? An athletic feat and an alluring feat. Now, tell me, book number four, what do you want to do for your athletic feat of athleticism? So not very athletic. Well, have a go anyway. Now you have, you can try the high book jump or you can go for the crag leap. Perhaps you go for the crag leap. He wants to go for the crag leap. The athletic feats, and the word is chosen carefully, involves lepping in the air, arms and legs akimbo, or doing manic runs around the stage, or crag leaps, better known as frog leaps to us. Now take it and lure them, lure them. Hello, ladies. And then there's the alluring feats. Well, these involve hip gyrations, bum wiggles and strange beckoning gestures. Happy days, happy days. Sometimes one of the maiden jurors is asked up to dance. Say it all and let's dance. Or is carried off over one of the book leper's shoulders. What are you going to do with me now, you happy? The jury consists of nine comely maidens, including some from out of town. Do they do this in France? What? Do you do this in France? I arrived today. Where are you from? New Zealand. They have a lot of, lot of this in New Zealand as well, do they? No. Can you tell me about number five? You're missing out. It'll make you stay here, won't it? Two for a strip and three for a fiver. Two for a strip and three for a fiver. This is for the raffle, not for anything else. Actually, the bookleping competition has been going on in pubs and kells all week. It's to raise money for the Makiungo Hospital in Tanzania. Local GP Mary Coffey used to work there. It's a 160-bedded hospital in a very poor area. Funds largely used to try to educate health workers and to provide a fund for the poor who cannot afford to pay for services. And did this... Jollity and carry on and fun and everything. Does that jar at all with your experience in the hospital and what the hospital, the people in the hospital are going through? No, it doesn't because they are happy, fun-loving people themselves. And I have to say that the two and a half years I spent there were two immensely happy years. So I think, yes. Despite the hardship and despite oh, the lack of... Very, very, very happy years. And you're working here as a GP. If somebody comes into you and says, I've got this ailment and that ailment, do you not feel like saying to them, look, you don't know what it's like, you don't know how hard it is? No, I don't. Everybody has their own needs, everybody has their own story. There are different forms of poverty, there are different forms of loneliness, there are different forms of family problems, and there are universal needs. I think this time, ladies and gentlemen, go for a double crack leap, followed by... Sean Brown, the MC, was slowly but surely making his way through the books and the jury didn't seem to be flagging. Some they were interested in, some they got a laugh at and one in particular got their sympathy. He looked about 14 with a big mop of curly hair and an endearing line in vulnerability. Can you tell the ladies what feats you would like to do in order to impress them and to entice them? Um, I'm scared. <laughs> Sometimes they like that about a man. Incidentally, his athletic feat was to stand there and wave shyly at the women. The book who got the biggest laugh of the evening was a young fella in a black t-shirt. His athletic feat was to rip open the front of the shirt to reveal chest hair and a six-pack drawn on his boyish torso in blue marker. I see. He had a few ideas up his sleeve. He certainly had... The competition went on for several hours with victory going to local man John O'Arkins. And if you want to get a look at Buck Leppin, it'll be on during the Kells Heritage Festival again next year. (laughs) 
on next week's programme a man who says this is good for your health Again, the email address is curiouseer at rte.ie. Curiouseer is all one word. Or you can write to Ronan Kelly, Curiouseer, RTE Radio 1, Dublin 4. By the way, I should say that this music you're listening to is called Tropical Trad by Declan Masterson. Details are on our webpage on rte.ie, along with other programme information and photographs. That's the programme for today. Join me again next Tuesday morning, just after the 11 o'clock news. Until then, goodbye. Thank you.